Welcome to the Runaways After Show podcast, the weekly discussion of Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. I'm Jason from ThatMightBeCool.com and the Savage Land podcast. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson from DuelingGenre.com and Lord of the Rings Minute. And I'm Scott Corelli from DuelingGenre.com and Spider-Man Minute. Hey guys, welcome to the, the new podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This will be this will be a fun little uh, adventure. I guess come with this episode, this will be like a an 11 episode uh, uh season for us if if Hulu is to be believed about how many episodes they're going for on this Runaway mm. series. Right. But right. those guys are shifty, man. We can never trust what they're going to say. <laughs> um, they keep No, you, that's Amazon. <laughs> that's true. That is Amazon. Uh, they are keeping their cards close to the vest, though. Though, like every time I try to find out information about the episodes that are coming up, all I can see are the first two episodes. It's really frustrating. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they doing the thing where they're going to drop more than one episode the first day, or yeah, uh, are they? Oh, they are. They're okay. doing two episodes first day, and then weekly after that. Ooh. Okay, cool. I know, right? We'll all have right. a double. We'll have a double whammy on that first week. Yeah. All um, right. Cool. So I, I think each of us uh, have, uh, you know, a, a sort of history with the Runaways as a franchise from the Brian K. Vaughn and um, Adrian Alfana comic. Uh, and so, you know, I figure it might be good to sort of start off the show by talking about kind of our history with the comic and the characters, sort of what our thoughts were about it, stuff like that. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll throw it over to Cass first. Uh, when did you first read the Runaways? Oh, boy. Um Okay, so The Runaways is actually the first comic I have ever read. Whoa! Um, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Aside from, like, I don't know, like, Sunday morning, like, comic strips or whatever. But Aside my... from uh, Family... What's, what was that one that... I feel like Scott's talked about family, this one before. Family Circus? Family like, Circus. Family Circus. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Calvin and Hobbes person. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my friend at the time, uh, I had never read comics, and he was, like, aghast. So... The first time we kind of like hung out, he handed me the first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the first volume of Runaways. That's a and good he was combo. Like, watch this, read this, and then tell me what you think. Basically, kind of like <laughs> gauging stuff. And I, I was kind of, I was very dubious. Um, and I picked up Runaways and I read the entire thing in one sitting. <laughs> I, I love this book. Like. To the point where um, I was living in L.A. briefly mm-hmm. when um, Saga was first coming out. Okay, And nice. we actually managed to go to an event, um, like the launch party for Saga. Well, not the launch party, oh, but the like, one there Meltdown was like a launching when, uh, event. Lindelof yeah. and Vaughn were there? Oh my god. Yeah. So <laughs> we were able to like listen to the panel, which was ridiculous. And I was able to actually like shake Brian K. Vaughn's hand and like thank him for Runaways. Because I, I read so much comics now, like... I have too many. I have, I have a problem. I like buy comics <laughs> and then just never read them. But I, uh, I understand I that. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I I'm super excited and I there's been like rumors of a movie for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they had yeah. it in development even for a while, I think. Yeah. But but I'm really glad that they it's going to be a TV show because I really think that comics translate better to episodic television than a movie. Absolutely. Um, just because of the nature of it, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm super pumped. I I can't wait. Yeah, totally. I I'm curious. Did you uh, once Brian K. Vaughn was off the series? Did you stick with like the other runs or uh, or any of that? Because I um, personally I didn't. I read the the Joss Whedon run, oh, okay. and then I stopped after that. 
Yeah, it but. like it, it, it's one of those weird things where because the characters, it, it's like you know because Brian K. Vaughn sort of created those characters, it feels very weird when another person kind of like takes over and tries to continue. And so for me, right. I never continued, mm-hmm. but like I I hear sort of mixed things about uh, the Joss Whedon run after that. Um, the the new the new current series is actually very good. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It okay. it's it's it really got back to um the the sort of roots of the BKV run. Oh, yeah, nice. with with yeah. Rainbow Rowell and um Chris Anka. Oh. Yeah, they're like they're doing yeah. like a, a a you know sort of like in the future you know down the line like years later thing. And I, yeah, it's really oh, cool. good. Yeah, yeah. I need excellent. to look into that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. When uh, so when when did you first uh first read The Runaways Scott and what was your impression of it? Uh I don't want to I don't want to sound like a I don't want to sound like a dumb hipster, but I I, I was <laughs> you there read it before I was, it was there cool. On, <laughs> yeah, I was there I was there on day 1, day 1, issue 1. Um because my my comic shop freaking brag about this it. This came out in 2003. And I started getting on the weekly grind on comics in 2002 after the after Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Mm. So like I was mostly reading Spider Man comics, uh, but then I saw a poster for Runaways, like a promo poster, and it was saying like when it was coming. And I remember going into my shop asking like, did the first issue of Runaways hit? Did the first issue of Runaways hit? And I pre ordered <laughs> it. It was like one of the first. I think it was the first book I ever pre ordered because Spider Man tended to be on the shelf, so I mm-hmm. didn't worry about pre ordering that. But I was worried about this because I wanted to make sure I got it, and I wasn't convinced that my store. <laughs> Uh, was going to order more than like one copy uh, if I was lucky. So Uh. I pre-ordered it and uh, got it day one and uh, knowing really nothing about it other than the poster. And I was like, that's, I've never seen any of these characters before. It'd be cool to like get in day one on a, on a new Marvel series with new Marvel characters. Mm. And then uh, I was totally blown away by just the concept of it. Cause I didn't know what the concept was. I was, um, I think I was a, Either ju- I think I had just graduated high school by the time this came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I didn't know anything about the concept because I wasn't reading like, you know, the Diamond Catalog or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. um, I just saw the the promo of them just sort of standing there by the bus stop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I was really interested. And yeah, it totally blew me away. And it was the first thing from Brian K. Vaughn that I'd ever read. And then I started doing my research and – Found out about the other stuff that he was writing, um, like uh, Why the Last Man and Ex Machina. And now, you know, Brian K. Vaughn is my favorite writer, period. Likewise, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, just just, just period. All, all uh, Across all medium, if you ask me what my favorite, who my favorite writer is, it's Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, take uh, that. I don't think... S- Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, like Cass, I got to I got to meet Brian K. Vaughn like uh, a few years ago. He was at a signing at a at a comic shop in uh, Muncie, Indiana, mm. which is I, I I live in Indiana, so I drove up to Muncie and met him, and that was really fun. He actually he wrote two screenplays uh, around like his Lost era yes. when he was yeah. when he was working on Lost. He wrote two screenplays that I loved to pieces, and so I got them printed and bound and had him sign those, and that was like. When I when I plopped those down on the table with all of my runaways and why the last man stuff, he was just like, "What in the world? Like, That's how amazing!" <laughs> and so he signed these screenplays, and he was like, "He was like, wow!" And he was like flipping through it. He was like, "I haven't even thought about these in a while." Um, 
And uh, yeah, so uh, if you if you haven't ever read his screenplays, uh, the the Vault and uh, Roundtable, those yeah. are both They're really spectacular good. screenplays. And um, anyway, yeah, Roundtable is amazing. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of of uh, Brian K. Vaughn as a writer, and you know the artwork in this is really modern and cool and and different for the time period. For um, sure. In the early in the early two thousands, like comic book artwork was everything looked like um, was sort of like grounded and like trying to be a little. I don't. I, I hesitate to use the term. Years. Yeah, well, uh, no, 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 because this was like early 2000s, so like everything was in the sort of like Steve Epting style. Yeah, well, that's of... that's, that's what I mean. It was the Wildstorm years in the sense that this was after Wildstorm was sold to DC and then became the basically comic book coloring company for like all of comics while everyone else tried right. to started to figure out how to use Photoshop. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So this was this was just a really different style of artwork and just had a very different vibe than anything off else on the shelf mm-hmm. and you know being a, a you know a guy who who grew up watching uh, just absorbing everything that Joss Whedon did. Mm-hmm. Um this felt very much in that wheelhouse. So I just I just clung on to it hard and never let go and <laughs> runaways has been one of my favorites and yeah for they were kicking around a movie for a long time mm-hmm. and i i still stand by that i think that those first 18 issues that first volume of runaways mm-hmm. i think you could pare that down to a really excellent feature film mm. but like Cass said i do think that tv is the way to go with this yeah. for sure yeah it feels like tv is kind of the way to go for for most comic book adaptations as long as budgets can be uh can be right. you know adjusted for it Right. Um, yeah, like they're making that Invincible movie, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, as much as that, as much as that Invincible should probably be a TV show, mm-hmm. the budget on that would be like, you know, fifty mil an episode. Yeah. Like you just you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't do that. You just can't totally. do it. So. It's it's serialized yeah. in the same way that The Walking Dead is, which would make it great for a TV show. But yeah, the budget there there it would not be. You wouldn't be capable of making that show on a TV budget. No. Yeah, no way. No way. Um, what about you, Jason? Where'd you come to it? Oh, boy, I wasn't prepared. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Of course I was prepared. <laughs> I'm always prepared. <laughs> Ten steps ahead of you, Scott. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I actually encountered the Runaways through the uh, Civil War tie-in that they shared with the Young Avengers. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, because I... So I actually... Like, I came into comics on the Teen Titans run that Jeff Johns was doing. Uh, that was mm. the first thing I ever read. And so then, a couple of years later, uh, Alan Heinberg, who would go on to write the Wonder Woman movie, uh, was writing this series called The Young Avengers for Marvel, which was, you know, basically just Marvel's <laughs> ripoff of the Teen Titans. Uh, right. But it was really, really good. And so I, I fell in love with those characters and and um, and really wanted more. They only went, like, ten issues and then didn't really continue it for a long time. Um, but what they did do is they kept anytime there was a big, uh, event series like civil war, uh, they would bring the young Avengers in for like a tie in and for civil war, they, they combined them with the runaways. So I started reading this series and I was like, who are these people? Like what's with this dinosaur and this like robot guy and like, <laughs> all this stuff. I was like, I was like, I have no idea what's going on here, but apparently their parents are super villains. Like, uh, and so it gave enough of an introduction to the cast of the runaways that, you know, of course I just had to you know, seek them out and read more. And, and, um, so then I would go and read the first, uh, I think at the time the trade paperbacks were only like four or five issues each. And so I read like the first two or three that were the Brian K Vaughn issues. Um, and then didn't continue after that. Uh, but yeah, I, I fell in love with them via the young Avengers. 
Um, and so then when they would do the secret invasion tie-in and stuff, like obviously it was great to sort of revisit and have those two teams, you know, come together again. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I it's it's funny like doing this podcast and having the show coming out now. It's it's made me like go back on Marvel Unlimited and you know add the Joss Whedon and Terry Moore and Catherine uh, Immen and stuff like to my list so I can feel like a purist and and finish it all out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I I I'm kind of the same way as you. Brian K. Vaughn is is the person who I learned to write comics from. Like I his scripts are are so you know they're they're so meticulously perfectly broken down and and he's so good at conveying like amazing character with without a ton of dialogue you know like i I look at someone like Mm -hmm. brian bendis as very capable of conveying character but he needs a lot of of word balloons to do it whereas brian Mm -hmm. k vaughn he can do it in in a simple sentence he can show you exactly what a character is about um and so that series would then, you know, kind of like, uh, sounds like Cass was the same and, and you as well, Scott, like this series would lead me down the rabbit hole of Brian K. Vaughn stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The huge culmination of that being Saga. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just barely had the, the chance to meet him like a few months ago when he came back to Meltdown to do a signing. Um, and it was the first time I met him and I like, I had uh, a giant stack of trades, mostly Saga or like Why the Last Man or something, because all of my friends like uh, Rachel and Matt from the Savage Land podcast and uh, a few other people, they were like, hey, please get me something signed while you go to visit him. <laughs> and so they had a limit of five books per person. Uh, and so I had to go in the line with five books like Matt's, Rachel's and then a couple of other people. Uh, and I stack it in front of them like, Hey, these are all for friends, but I, I put sticky notes on them with what their names are and how to spell them and stuff. Just wanted to tell you you're a really great writer. And then went back to the back <laughs> of the line and then had my like saga hardcover and like paper girls and a couple of other things. And then waited like another two hours to get to the front of the line. I was like, Hey, I'm back again, but this time it's for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, good God. He was, he was <laughs> not having any of my shit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so this, I mean, this was my first introduction to Brian K. Vaughn, who would then go on to be certainly one of my favorite writers uh, in, in all of fiction. So uh, it's it's got a nice little warm, fuzzy place in my heart. Um, and I think as this podcast goes on, I'll probably be dipping into the continuations of Runaways. Maybe I'll give like periodical updates on that. Oh, nice. Mm. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Super fun, I think. Um, maybe not though. So I, if it's not fun, then, then it'll, it'll go away right away. Um, (laughs) (laughs) never to be heard from again. Uh, so they're, they've released, I think two trailers now at this point for runaways. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what, what have you guys sort of like thoughts been from the, the trailers and how, like, you know, it, it, does it look sort of like they're, they're, uh, sort of meeting whatever your expectations are? What, what have you thought from what you've seen of the, the runaway series thus far? Oh, man. So even from that first uh, teaser image with the kids on it, mm-hmm. um, I I was so, so impressed because just with the casting, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen these kids in anything, but just the way that they look and carry themselves in that, that teaser image, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, this is actually happening. And I have so like so many expectations for it and i really hope that it's really good because i'll be really sad but (laughs) and that i mean that first trailer too it just blew me away because it was really incredible seeing like these like comic panels come to life in a way that i thought i would never see ever Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's 
I don't know. It's almost like, this is super cliche, but it's almost like a religious experience. Cause like, I'm super into comics now, but like, this is like my secret origin story almost. So. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm, there's, I don't know. I, I really, really hope that the first couple episodes are really good because I feel like I'm setting myself up for failure a little bit, but. Yeah. It, I'll it'll be, be, it'll I'll, be a I'll long 10 weeks for us if, uh. Yeah. If... <laughs> <laughs> um. What 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 about you, Scott? What's your uh, what's your thoughts on it? Well, well, I think that um, I, I think the thing that I am really taking away, and the and the thing that really uh, excites me more than anything, is that um, uh, unlike the two of you, uh, <laughs> I I I am I have like a weird soft spot for teen drama, uh, <laughs> and. And 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 the OC is one of my favorite shows of all time, uh, which Josh Schwartz created, and mm-hmm. he is the showrunner of or co-showrunner, I think, with Stephanie Savage mm-hmm. on uh, on Runaways. And who so was also I, a writer on OC, right? Um, uh, and also other shows that I Tons I like less, yeah. uh, but but still, um, <laughs> I I uh, yeah. So I just just the combination of the OC and Runaways. I mean, if you, I, I, I am pretty sure that around the time that I was watching the OC and reading the Runaways, I, I feel like I remember thinking, man, Josh Schwartz would make a killer Runaway show. Um, whatever and I, and you I, say, I, Scott. Whatever. I you swear, say. I think I remember. I remember that because I swear, I, cause it was I think I remember. Because because it was 2003, which would have been around the same time that I was watching the OC, because uh-huh. uh, that premiered around that same time. Right. So I I'm fairly certain that 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 definitely crossed my mind because I remember when it happened, it wasn't so much it wasn't so much a feeling of like oh my god this is going to be amazing. It was like yeah of course like if that was that was sort of my feeling is like oh of course yeah Josh Schwartz of course that makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know, uh, but I am I am really excited. And the thing that I took away from the trailers is is that it doesn't look like, you know, while there are elements that do feel like the comic come to life, there are also elements in it that look fresh. I mean, mm. we've never seen them in school before. Yeah, uh, oh, and, that's true. and there are there are clips in the in the uh, in the trailer where they're in school. So I'm I'm really curious to see how they. I, I guess play around with uh, the format and mm-hmm. what they're going to add to like the mythos of the show um, and how they're going to turn certain things on their head because, you know, there are twists and, and turns in the comic that, you know, I don't know if they're going to play as is in the show or if they're going to like throw a wrench in there and change some things around mm-hmm. um, to make, make it surprising for us who have all read the comic book series. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, but I, I have high hopes. I, I think that Josh Schwartz writes really, really great pilots. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what the, these first two episodes look like because I, I think they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I, yeah I'm just I'm really I'm really excited and I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited about all the aspects of it the comic book stuff and the teen drama stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so in all of the parts where where you and Cass are going to be collectively groaning and be like yeah I love this they're mad at each other and they're not saying it it's great. <laughs> I'll tell you I. Like you know, I'm I'm not much of a, a teen drama fan. However, uh, recently, and and you know, we've we've talked about this before on on other podcasts, but uh, I've really gotten into Riverdale. <laughs> oh boy! I know, I know. Uh, 
but I, I like I really love it and it's so atypical uh like such a a, a, a weird show for me to like um but I I I can see the appeal in doing runaways uh it, like from the trailers it does kind of look like it you know shares some sort of tonal similarities with uh Riverdale um with the added bonus that it's got a bit more of a budget and less censorship which is always nice <laughs> uh and so I'm I'm like when I initially heard I'm not going to lie when I initially heard that the uh that the a writer and showrunner from the OC and the co-creators of like Gossip Girl and Heart of Dixie and all this other <laughs> stuff when I heard that they were doing the Runaways TV show I was kind of like oh what <laughs> yeah uh, but but at the same time, it, it's really interesting seeing like you're a comic book writers. I mean, like you were talking about Alan Heinberg, mm-hmm. like that guy's from Gray's Anatomy. Yeah, like, he wrote true. on Gray's Anatomy for like six years. He also wrote on the OC. Um, yeah. So there's a connection there. But yeah, I mean, these these guys, the thing that I think is easy to forget is that the people that are the best at writing comics, they come from that background of like soap opera sort of because that's kind of what comic books are you know yeah Yeah, it's it's all like really it's all an extension of charles dickens in terms of like that that writing method it's like all right here's a ton of characters and we're just going to keep cranking out subplots on like a Mm -hmm. a, you know perpetual (laughs) wheel um (laughs) and that's you know that's what lends itself the best to both comics and uh serialized tv so you are you are certainly right as much as i i don't like to admit it <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the, the longer time has gone on, the more optimistic, uh, I have felt about, um, about the, the OC of it all. Uh, but I, I also think like the trailers have been really, really solid for this show. Um, and, and in accordance with kind of what you guys are saying, like there are a lot of moments that you see in the trailer and, and lines of dialogue even that are lifted straight from the comics. But then there mm-hmm. are those, those, you know, interesting elements that are added that, that, were never a part of of the original series that are definitely diverting from from where it came from and i think that's the best way to adapt something is to sort of like you know in a way it's like kind of cherry pick what what uh what works for your medium and what doesn't um right mm-hmm. and it seems like they have been pretty judicious in in what they're going to keep and what they're going to throw away and i think that there's uh also that sort of you know, it's like what happened with Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Is like the thing that makes that movie so different from other Spider-Mans is that that Peter's a, a like not even a millennial. He's like whatever the thing after millennials are, you know? And <laughs> right. so and so, you know, by by having this character be a different generation from the one that's on the page, that already turns it into something brand new and fresh. And so I'm interested to see how they adapt and update these characters to be high school age in today's world. Like what is what 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 are these characters like today? Because you know, when I was reading it in 2003, fresh out of high school, I, I recognized a lot of myself in those characters because they weren't that much younger than me. I mean, Molly, Molly, notwithstanding, but you know, <laughs> they weren't they weren't that much younger than me. So, like, I saw a lot of myself in them. But now, uh, it's I mean, we're we're like. I could be their parents. I mean, <laughs> at this point, um, and and that's a scary thought that I don't want to revisit ever again. But uh, <laughs> but it's true, and I and I'm interested to see what they end up doing with these, how how they update these characters um, to be in you know 2017 rather than 2003. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Now, now we're running long on time here, but I did, I did kind of want to talk about, uh, you know, some of our favorite characters from the comics. A little bit of sort of an overview of that that first arc, just kind of talking about what we liked and what what hooked us about it, and then also kind of the the MCU tie in of it all. Um, I'm wondering if we should do that in a second part or try and crank that out right here. What do you guys think? Uh, I think we, I, I think we should, I think we should go ahead and throw it in. Let's do all it. Right, let's let's freaking do it. Um, so let's I, just from from the first arc, you know, there there are those things that'll be established basically in the pilot of this show, and so I think that uh, that'll be sort of fair spoiler territory. You know, some of the the bigger uh, uh, twists and turns of the series are probably off limits for now, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that that one main little hook from the first issue is probably fair to 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 give away right now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's in the yeah, it's, it's in, in the, the trailers. trailers. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the, I mean, it's the thing. That I mean, it's the pitch, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's you know, you always think your 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 parents are are supervillains, and their parents turn out to actually be supervillains. <laughs> um, when you're when you're a teenager, you're like, my parents are the worst, mm-hmm. and uh, and there we go. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, metaphor, metaphors. Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's I think that's fair. I, can mm. I? Okay, so rereading the, these first six issues, um, and and really, I mean, let's probably just focus on the first issue more than anything. Yeah, of course. Uh, I I the thing that really blows me away about that first issue is like how you were talking about how Brian K. Vaughn can sort of boil down character to like a line of dialogue, and here he introduces our core five um, characters in one page each. They each get a page. (laughs) And by the end of that page, you know exactly who they are, Mm -hmm. where they come from, and what their deal is. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I I love the efficiency of it. And he, I mean, like, he's also a writer who never writes more than six panels on a page, uh, usually five. And so it's like, it's really not a ton to work with. No. And and yeah, it's it's fantastic introductions to the characters, and like so, you know, some of it's a little cheesy in a way, but it's efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very efficient. And so yeah, you're right. And I, I do love. Um, and I guess this is kind of a, a question that I I wanted to have uh, to ask as well is like, who's your favorite you know character out of all the Runaways? Because for me, it's always been Alex. Like he is, you know, he's like sarcastic in that way, but still just like this this you know kind of nerdy like kid who sometimes thinks he's too cool for everything that's going on but at the same time is like super lame and and kind of knows it right mm-hmm. i i don't know i i alex is that that character that like anytime i read it i'm instantly just 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 in love with him again because of you know awkward like teenage trying to be cool but still just being a, a total fucking nerd um <laughs> what, what about uh what about you guys like wh- which characters have always sort of stood out to you or identified with uh well at the time that I first read it I loved Molly, um mm. and because I, I I'm the oldest of three so I have younger siblings so I'm just like uh. oh man like I just want to protect her but I'm I'm curious um because I'm definitely gonna reread this before like in its entirety before mm. the uh, show starts so I'm curious to see like if that evolves uh I've also I also really like Nico um but. I think yeah, Molly and Nico are my favorites. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty good uh, combo there. I Nico, especially actually in the first uh, or sorry in the the new Rainbow Rowell Runaways series, uh, Nico for whatever reason has has grown on me a lot. Uh, mm. 
in these first mm-hmm. two issues. I don't know. They're handling her pretty interestingly. That's awesome. I think she she grew on me in uh, Avengers Arena. Mm. Um, that that series was uh, absolutely incredible. If you got if you if you haven't if you're listening to this and you haven't read Avengers Arena, but you've read like the Runaways normal series, mm-hmm. um, go go seek that out and check it out. It's it's. It's a crazy concept that made a lot of people really angry when it came out, mm-hmm. um, but it is it is an excellent book, yeah. uh, and it, it it ends up having like a sequel, I think, uh, which I don't remember what the name of that was, but um, Avengers Arena is really good, and she was great in that. Uh, I think, uh, and also going back to Molly, the the thing that I'm really interested about in Molly with this show is that they're kind of reinventing her character mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they, I mean, it's a side effect of you know, TV being a full-time job, they don't want to have a kid and then not be able to have Molly in as many scenes as they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had to like age her up. And I remember a lot of people were getting grumpy because they're like, oh no, they're going to sexualize Molly. But I don't, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's, it's really just about like, we want to have Molly in the show and mm-hmm. we can't have Molly in the show all the time if she's a kid because kids can only work for like four hours a day. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I really think it's just a side effect of that. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how they change Molly and what this new Molly is going to be like in the show. Because uh, I, I, I do really love Molly as well. Uh, but I don't – I'm kind of just not expecting, you know, Princess Powerful. I'm, I don't think we're going to get her. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, my, my favorite characters, I think uh, – I mean it was always Gert. Right away, mm. um, Gert, Gert was the the character that I kind of associated myself with the most. Uh, reading it, uh, I just I, I loved her. Uh, but reading it this time, I think the character that I'm most finding myself interested in is Chase mm. because I love the I love the juxtaposition of. He's the kid that would be the bully in school, mm-hmm. but he's but because he's like the jock. But then his abusive father is a nerd who hates him because he's a jock. It's like this crazy reverse, like re- role reversal of like what you what you would normally picture right. in mm-hmm. that situation. You would picture the you know the the drunken you know jock dad who's mad at his son because he's a nerd but this is the opposite it's the drunken nerd dad who's mad at his son because he's a jock right and i i just i love that i think that's so smart yeah i i agree um i I, i'm interested in all the characters and 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 kind of like Cass said i like molly is definitely that character that's always like there's a smile on your face whenever you read anything she says or Mm -hmm. oftentimes tears uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, like just a, a visceral character to read because there's always going to be an emotional reaction to it. Um, I am curious how much this show is going to involve some of the uh, the later additions to the cast. Um, the two for me that I'm that I'm curious about are Victor Mancha and Old Lace, which Old Lace came in the is still in the first volume, but uh, I think in the trailer, did you guys notice? I I thought I saw like a hint of of Old Lace's face. Oh, there's there's a bunch of old lace in the second trailer. Is there really? Oh Don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like old, old. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to keep it under wraps because I imagine uh, the CG isn't quite re- ready for prime time yet. <laughs> right. Um. But but yeah, you see old lace like run around a corner mm. and and run toward the camera for a second, but it's all you know quick cuts. But old lace is definitely there. Which man, uh, I can I'm flabbergasted that that made it to TV. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's amazing though. Yeah. I'm excited. I, uh, Do we think? Oh, sorry. Go no, you um, you go right ahead. 
do do we think that the first season is going to be like the first 18 issues or I'm curious to see like how they break each episode down and where mm-hmm. where the season's going to because the the way that the first 18 issues ends is like a perfect ending to a season of television but mm-hmm. I'm I don't know I guess I'm just kind of curious as to how they're going to structure it um, yeah, I, you, you can't just translate 22 pages of comics into an episode of t- TV. Like that's that's stupid. Yeah. So I'm, I I'm I'm curious. I, I I'm thinking like there there are two ways that they could do it, and I think it it all depends on how long they they are sort of expecting this show uh, to last. Uh, like mm-hmm. as of right now, how long they're you know they're hoping to go. Um, realistically, obviously, because everyone hopes to go forever. Uh, right. But. There's two ways to handle it. Either A, they could stretch out like the first, you know, the first like arc, you know, of six issues or whatever. They could stretch it out and introduce a lot more subplots in between there and kind of like make that mm-hmm. into a season, which mm-hmm. could be interesting to sort of like play around in the sandbox a bit more. Uh, or they could do kind of like what you're saying and then, but, it, you know, but it would sort of rush them a little bit more to, uh, um, you know, how, how long of paved road they have in front of them. Right. Mm-hmm. I think um, if if it makes perfect sense to me to uh, again, I don't want to say what the thing is, but there's a thing that's revealed. <laughs> there's a thing that's revealed at the end of the first six issues mm-hmm. that they could go. They could take one one of two ways. Right. You could do it at the end of like those first two episodes to be like, okay, so we've introduced all the characters, the world, what our mission statement is, and now we're going to throw a wrench in to it, mm. um, which is basically what happens, you know, in that first arc is like you've set everything up and then when you throw the wrench in, you're like, oh, okay, that's what the continuing, you know, thread is going to be, right. is that that thing. However, the other way you could do it is like Jason said, you stretch everything out, you add more subplots, add more pathos and all of that stuff. Um and then at the end of the season, when you think – when they've had like their first run-in with their parents, you – at the end, you throw in the wrench. Mm-hmm. And you're oh. like, oh. And then it's a tease for next season and that's what next season's about. Interesting. Yeah, you do, you do a Walking uh, Dead on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I – because I, I, I think – you don't want to – I feel like it would be a mistake to do the whole first 18 issues mm-hmm. in the first season. And the only reason I would say that is because I do think that the series loses a little bit of its momentum in volume two because it doesn't It doesn't have like a an engine anymore. Right. You know? It sort of loses its story engine. And then you're really just hanging out with those characters going on adventures, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love those characters. But I think on TV, you 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 want that engine and I don't I don't see them burning it out um in the in the pilot. That's fair. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's kinda like it, it would be interesting to see them compress, you know, and, and just like and, and go at like this, you know, breakneck pace because I think that that would be something different for TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. But yeah, it's especially with Hulu wanting to establish some really like viable tentpole long term shows. Uh right. mm-hmm. since most things that they have done have been like miniseries, you know. Um I, I think that it would be uh it'll it, you know, in terms of what they probably will do, it might get a little more decompressed, which will also, you know, really let us see like how, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, like how skilled the the writers room that they've assembled is and how much they can 
uh, you know, sort of play around and, and create within the sandbox of, of this comic book series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the I guess the last thing that, I, that I'm curious about uh, before we finish off this episode is how much MCU interplay uh, they might have here. Because historically, Marvel TV hasn't really, uh, you know, even though they all exist in the same universe... Marvel TV hasn't really done much in terms of crossing over with films, especially since the split of Marvel Studios and Marvel Entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. do, I mean, do you think there will even, like, you know, because in the first issue, uh, for instance, Alex is playing that video game with the Avengers in it. Mm-hmm. Do you think right. that we'll even get, like, those hints of it? Or do you think it'll be like the Defender shows where they're like, oh, you know, that guy in the cape? The incident. <laughs> yeah, the um, incident. Yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be nothing. And I think that the the way that they'll use that as an excuse is that they're on the West Coast and right. like Tony, Tony used to be there, but he's not anymore. And whatever. We don't mm. we don't even talk about it. Like the last <laughs> exciting thing to happen on the West Coast in the MCU, I think, was uh, Tony Iron Man house. 3. Yeah, I think. getting, getting yeah. blown up in his yeah. Malibu house. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I, it, I I think it'll be I think it'll be little to nothing because the other and the other reason I don't even think there'll be interplay between the shows because there's not even another uh, Marvel Hulu show. Yeah, right. I I think I think the potential for interplay between like the the Netflix shows or the ABC shows might be a little stronger just because they still fall under the Marvel Entertainment banner for the production mm-hmm. studio. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with the movies, it's under basically, for all intents and purposes, a different company. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it still requires some complicated rights contracts, though, because probably of, like they don't just have exclusive rights to like the show that they're showing. Yeah. Um, the like characters. ABC doesn't just have exclusive rights to the show. It's also the characters. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so there would be some like funky contract stuff but you know new warriors just lost its network so maybe hulu will pick that up and we'll get some crossovers there that seems like it would fit right in i don't uh, do absolutely you think, do you think that they would tie it into the mcu or would they tie it into like the fox stuff i don't know if that's a spoiler or not but like because of oh that's a well that's another that's another very good question because <laughs> there are there there's a mutant on this team right and and we don't have mutants in the MCU, right? Uh, so who who knows what what that character is going to be uh, in the TV show? Mm-hmm. I, I would assume an Inhuman, but I don't yeah. know. It's I I'm I'm I'll be, I, I'll I'll say it's probably a safe bet that uh, that 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 character will be an Inhuman only because the I mean basically only because Fox owns the rights to the word mutant. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. Fox isn't involved on this show, but it would it would be God, it would be so cool to have some sort of like you know playing nice at least for TV, uh, right? Yeah, like a truce, just like okay, yeah. can you use this word. <laughs> yeah, like or not <laughs> even or not even that. Like it would be cool if they didn't know what she was. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Which Ooh. I mean, they could where, still do where, that. Where where because 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 here's the thing, right? Mutants don't exist in the MCU, so if one just popped up, there mm-hmm. wouldn't even be a word for it. Right. They wouldn't know what they were. Yeah. So, huh? I mean, maybe that'd be fun. I don't know. That'd what be kind of cool. Uh, what's it? Scarlet Witch and and the fast one? <laughs> Nothing. Quicksilver. <laughs> I, I, I think an experiment. They just called them the twins. They had no, like they, a, a, like a proper noun name. The I don't wonders remember. or something like that. Like or enha- like the was it enhanced miracles? Oh, enhanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't. 
Yeah. Silly. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they'll do something like that. You know what? You know what? Pie in the Sky. What I'd love to see it crossover with is a show that doesn't exist but should. Uh, <laughs> they should do uh, Miss Marvel. Oh hell uh, yeah! I'd love to see like Kamala Khan crossover with the Runaways. Oh, that would be my awesome. Gosh. Well, and I think I think that's potential that that a new Warriors show has that if that show finds a network again, which hopefully it is Hulu. Uh, but you know, like they're doing Squirrel Girl in that show. They're trying to you know mm-hmm. make it sort of that you know younger hero show. I think Miss Marvel would fit in great there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the only the only problem with that is that I guess after I said that, I remembered that New Warriors is a sitcom and not a drama. Mm. Um, so that's a little that that has a very different vibe and makes uh, mixing uh, tones complicated. I think it would still. I see. I would love that though. I would love if a sitcom and a drama crossed over with each other. Uh, <laughs> it would be weird. It would be neat. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I think it'd be super fun just to see how they do it. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think uh, you know. Unless you guys have have you know anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, send it off, I think that about does it for our little uh, pilot episode here. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Awesome. Well, uh, then I, I guess we will uh, see or, or, or we will we'll talk to the listeners uh, next time when the first two episodes premiere. But in the meantime, uh, you can find us on any social media site at uh, Runaways Podcast. Uh, you can find my stuff at That Might Be Cool or on ThatMightBeCool.com. Uh, you can find Scott and Cass's stuff at DuelingGenre.com, the Spider-Man Minute, um, Lord of the Rings Minute, the Doctor's Companion uh, mm-hmm. What am I? Mm-hmm. What else am I forgetting? There's tons. Cornetto minute. Uh, Geek, Geek by Night, our original podcast series. There you go. Uh, so you can check all that out at DuelingGenre.com. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, for for the for comic book talk, if you if you love that kind of stuff, then you can go and listen to my podcast, The Savage Land. Uh, you can also check out uh, Elsewhere Presents Sonic the Podcast, just for fans. If you want to hear an improv comedy podcast disguising itself as a Sonic fan podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the that show. thing I've ever heard. It's super pitch. great. It's super great. Like, I, I'm not on the show, but I produce it. And I, I, I kid you not, like, I have never laughed more in my life than when I just have to sit there on the soundboard and, like, listen to the kind of stuff these people come up with. Oh, man. It's a great amazing. show. You don't have to have any history with Sonic the Hedgehog to understand it uh, because everything in that show is made up 100%. Um, <laughs> So it's it's a good time. We just launched it uh, here a couple weeks ago, and and uh, it's probably my favorite new podcast out there. Uh, nice, yeah. So it's super fun. Anyway, uh, you visit all of our stuff if you feel like it, or don't. You know, whatever. We just like you more if you do. Uh, and join us next time for the first two episodes of the Runaways. Yeah. Later. Bye. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>